relationships I go through And I give it all away Just so I could say that But I know, I know, I know, I know That you're gonna be oh. Hey everybody It's Just Another Why Guys Podcast I'm Dustin Jones um, Thank you for uh, joining the program today uh, I'm gonna have a very special guest uh, The one and only Dana Wessel uh, Will be joining us Dana is a uh, great friend and we're going to have a great conversation that I hope you all enjoy. Uh, before we get to that conversation, I wanted to just take a minute um, and, and talk for a second. Um, when I first moved to Bartlesville, um, I left I left a radio job um, behind in in Minnesota, and I looked. I wanted to continue to do a radio career, and um, you know, living in a small town, those options are pretty limited. Um, I had the fortunate opportunity to do some, um, some local high school football board op work, um, as well as, um, doing, um, some Oklahoma state Cowboys football games and basketball, as well as, uh, Tulsa hurricanes and working at Bartlesville radio afforded me the opportunity, uh, to meet a guy, um, who some of you may have heard of, um, you know, I, I know I have some, some, some folks uh, in Oklahoma that live, um, there that, that listen to this. Um, but, uh, brought a guy named Adam Hooper, uh, into, uh, into my world. Adam and I weren't close. Um, we were Facebook buddies. Um, we had some good conversations when I worked, um, at Bartlesville radio and, some good conversations afterwards when I uh, took the job at the credit union. Um, they had me cut some radio spots for them, which would have me uh, go down to the radio station and I would run into Adam. And every time you see Adam, he always had a had a, a hello for you and a smile on his face. And you could talk to him about what was going on in the community or what was going on with the local sports teams. Um, and he was... He in a in a world full of um disingenuous and sometimes mean spirited people, it was really refreshing to to um to meet a guy like Adam who was who was very genuine and um just a nice person. Um I don't know that I've ever heard uh anything um bad that anyone has ever said about Adam and, and sadly um Adam is not with us anymore. Um, he was 44 years old and suffered a massive heart attack um, and passed away um, this uh, Monday morning, um, April 17th. And he loved the, to do the sports radio. Um, he loved calling games. And I was lucky enough to have uh, spent a few minutes um, talking to Adam about, about radio and it's, um, it's, it's really sad for, uh, the community, uh, that lost Adam. Um, he was a part of so many important things in the community. And I know a lot of people, um, whose lives that he's touched, uh, are really heartbroken right now. And so, um, I would just like to send my, uh, condolences out to his family and to those that loved and, and, and miss him. And it's, it sucks is really all that you can say. And so 
with that, um, we bid farewell to the great hoop and, um, we'll have, uh, more, just another Y guys podcast conversation with Dana Wessel coming up here in, uh, just a second. More importantly, he knew what he was talking about. As promised, joined on just another white guys podcast today by the amazing, talented, and extremely adorable Dana Wessel. Hey, oh, you're too kind, Dustin. Uh, you're too kind. What's up, buddy? How are we doing, man? Just, just living the dream. Hit, uh, hit up a double feature today that uh, we'll be talking about. Uh, as you are very well aware, it's really the greatest weekend on on your calendar, I would imagine, for this year, uh, which is every uh, every two years this weekend in April. Yep, every two years, <laughs> my favorite. The uh, the fate of the furious. Uh, came yeah, out get, this get it right. Everybody's calling it Fast Eight. It's the fate the, of the furious. The fate of the furious. why they decided to change the title again. I, I don't know, but it's the fate I, of the furious. Well, it would seem though that they do have a reason. I think is because. This is the start of a new trilogy. Sure, exactly. Is, is what I've read. So mm-hmm. we will we will save the conversation about uh, the fate of the Furious towards the end of the podcast. That way, anyone that is uh, tuning in uh, to listen to this program that hasn't seen the movie and doesn't want spoilers uh, can stay spoiler-free. But really, if you haven't seen it yet, I don't know what you're waiting for. And also, like, is there really how much can you really spoil about a Fast and Furious movie? It's like uh, the Rock wears a tank top a lot. Am I am I giving away too much information that, there? I mean, you come know? on now, you, you never know. You, no, no, I know. There's so I, much. There's so much me. depth of story to these movies that you really, you really need to go into it without any foreknowledge, because you right, don't wanna, exactly. You know, it's it's. It, I I really enjoy the movie, and we'll get into it more. Um, I've, yeah. I, I'm not yeah. a huge, I'm not a huge fast, uh, fast guy. Um, uh-huh. but, uh, I do, I do like the movies and I think the key to it is you got to go into it just being like, this is just a ridiculous premise and it's mm-hmm. fun. And I actually, when I was watching it, I was like, you know what? This is a superhero movie where instead of like an Iron Man costume, they're just in cars. They're in cars, yeah, because like the Rock is basically indestructible at this yes. point, and you're you're totally right though. You just have to go into the mindset like this is going to be ridiculous, and that's that's the whole point. It's like people that like like rip on the Fast movies for being like too over the top or too ridiculous. It's like, well, that's that's the point. That's what they're trying to do, exactly. you know? Yeah. So we'll so so we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, now you were previously on the inaugural edition of the Cocktail Hour, which I was very, well, which was happy. a great time. It was a really good time. We're gonna we're not gonna drink on this episode. Just for <laughs> for one, it's three o'clock in the afternoon on Monday, and we should yeah. really pace ourselves. And yeah, if if we were drinking, if we were drinking right now, we'd probably have we'd uh, we'd have problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, it might not go so well. And since this is a uh, an actual numbered. Uh, edition of the podcast i wanted to give you an opportunity to uh be at your top level sober-minded best so you can you know that. really really bring your uh radio skills to my podcast <laughs> and 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 make, Gil, and, make, and, and, and make this show uh, a professional professional as it could be exactly <laughs> so i am i'm a nerd about radio stuff um yeah I, i've been uh, fascinated by radio for a really long time, um, which is one of the reasons that I went to radio broadcasting school. Um, radio didn't really work out for me, but 
this is and which is why I do this podcast because it gives me an opportunity to to do what I like without the constraints of you know working for minimum wage in a town of fifteen hundred exactly. a town that. of fifteen hundred people <laughs> where I have to do the farm report. Um, so how how did you how did you come into the radio business for those of you that don't know or haven't been paying attention uh dana of course is a co-host on a twin cities morning radio show and what i'm sorry it's go go 96.3 yep go 96.3 it's yeah the show is ben dane and giselle it's, uh, i got two co-hosts and yeah no i mean i kind of i kind of got started just like everybody else or you know kind of like you i i liked radio i was thought that radio would be fun is i mean i kind of have my personality is you know i'm not i've never really been suited for like a nine to five type of job i kind of knew that early on as a kid and i was thought radio would be cool so in high school i didn't like the tv broadcasting classes and college stuck with that and then uh, i got an internship at kfan sports radio uh, here in minneapolis where you and i met and uh, just, you know, kept working hard and just kept kind of being in the right place at the right time for certain things. So that's kind of what it is, you know, when a spot opens up and you happen to be there, it's, you know, just kind of luck of the working hard and luck of the drive. I've always just kind of been able to stick in it, so it's just been, uh, which has been incredible. I mean, very fortunate and I mean, consider myself blessed that I get to, you know, basically people are always like, oh, you got to get up so early in the morning. It's like, well, yeah, but I'm not getting up to go dig ditches. I'm going to go <laughs> sit in a room and kind of goof around with my best friends basically so it's not really considered work so it's just uh you know i do it for free don't tell my boss that but you know you know what i mean (laughs) yeah absolutely now you you and i both uh interned at kfan did did you want to be a sports radio guy is that where things have started out for you or is that yeah the internship Uh, that you went into no originally i wanted to be in sports radio and sports writing um and I was there. I did it for a long time. I was at KFN for about three years, and then about another two years at fifteen hundred ESPN, the other sports station here in Minneapolis. And uh, um, I don't, it's, it's kind of like you know when you say you, you work at a fast food place, you know, say you work at McDonald's, and then when you kind of see how the see how the food gets made, you don't want to work at McDonald's anymore. That's kind of how I just what I discovered about sports radio is it's it's fun as a hobby, but when you got to talk about sports all the time, like as I got older, I was just less and less passionate about it. And it just wasn't as fun for me anymore. And I kind of have, you know, other interests than just sports. So that's kind of why uh, Go 96.3 is perfect for me. because I love music, pop culture, you know, all that kind of stuff too, that, you know, goes along with it. So I, I don't need to just, you know, talk about sports, 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 sports is your whole life sports all day, that old bit, you know, cause that just, it just wasn't, well, it wasn't really for me. I just, I didn't, I didn't enjoy it as much. And when you, when sports started to become a chore, then, you know, that sucks. Cause it's like, you're losing, you know, a hobby of yours or something that you're interested in when it, you know, becomes like, Oh God, I have to go watch this Vikings game. It's like, it shouldn't be like that. So once it started to, uh, you know, become work, I decided I wanted to branch out and get into music radio. And how now what's interesting is that you and I missed each other at, uh, 1500 just by a couple of months because, I was working there before they made the transition to 1500. Sure. And uh, mm-hmm. then we decided to to move to Oklahoma. Um and then of course, you know, I, at that point my dream was still was still to do sports radio. 
And then, sure. you know, I move and four months later, they flip the format to ESPN. I'm like, really? I was, I would have been right there on the, I, I kind of have the opposite uh, side of the coin for you where um, in terms of radio, you seem to, to be in the right place at the right time. I always seem to leave right before things are, are going to be good. Um, mm-hmm. wh- what did you think about uh, working for Hubbard, the Hubbard Broadcasting Company, oh. working for Brad Lane? Uh, no, I, I enjoy, I enjoy my time there. Like there's nothing, you know, personal to any of the guys there. I still talk to all of them. I, you know, I love it. It's just, it just kind of, I was just burnt out on sports is what really came down to. And when this opportunity at 96, three came up, I, I kind of jumped on it just cause it was, you know, almost like a new challenge. So, I mean, I, yeah, I still love sports and I, I love working. I love working in that place, but it's just, uh, you know, ended up not being for me. And I, I think I'm okay with that. <laughs> I feel like, I'm glad, I'm glad I did it and I tried it, but you know, having to, you know, host a four hour show about sports every day, would just kind of drive me crazy at this point. And I think from my knowledge of the area and the sports fans, uh, in the twin cities, I don't know that I could have handled a four hour daily talk show where I had, where so many of the shows relied on callers. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't think I could handle that much talking to people, uh, about their hot takes, you know, Dude, I know that, that's the other thing too, is like, it's, I think in like these days with like Twitter and everything, and it's just basically, that's what sports talk is talking to. It's like, who can have the hottest take, whether they believe it or not, you know, and it's just, it's almost like exhausting, you know, it's like, Oh God, do I really need to have come up with a strong opinion about this, you know, NFL playoff game, you know what I mean? Or it's just like. It's just so over the top now that everybody is just trying to like basically out hot take each other and you know trying to skip Bayless each other. It's just the most ridiculous take possible. Just uh, just to get people to say, "Wow, did you hear what so and so said about Tom Brady?" You know, and it's just like, "Oh God," it's just kind of exhausting to me. Yeah, and it it, it always I don't know why it continues to amaze me, but it does when I see um, guys like Michael Russo having to deal with a bombardment of really stupid questions like on a daily basis and it's and it it would be one thing if it was one person asking a dumb question but when you get 40 uh-huh. people that ask the exact same dumb question I'm I know I I don't I don't know that I my, would my, ever have been able to keep my job my favorite is when like so every real tweet roots of the same question and he'll respond like read the story the answer is in the story right it's like it's like uh have you we have this thing called the newspaper the answers are there yeah. um uh-huh. or or the <laughs> just, blog just read it uh-huh cuz i'm i'm one of these i'm one of these people i actually pay for a subscription to the star tribune um oh wow because i i am a diehard Minnesota Wild fan. I live and breathe mm-hmm. with this team and it has not been healthy for me especially the last few days. But <laughs> Yeah, but I've, sorry I've, about that by the way. Eh, what are you going to do? Honestly, yeah. I kind of had a feeling this is what was going to happen um and I kind mm-hmm. of resigned myself to this being a possibility for a few different reasons. Um one, who is going to know how to beat this team better than the guy that coached them for 5 years? Exactly. You know, so Mike Mikey O knows exactly how to beat this team, which is mm-hmm. go them into scrapping in front of the net and get it, getting them to try to be physical instead of trying to win with speed, force them outside, not allow them to get in front of the goalie, force them to take shots from the outside, 
and just stand at the blue line and try to make them come at them. He's doing mm-hmm. he's 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 following a blueprint that has been laid out by the Chicago Blackhawks, which is keep them to the outside, don't allow them to to do anything up close to the net and wait for them to make a mistake and capitalize. You don't need to try and having to, a really hot goalie helps too. Yeah, absolutely. Jake <laughs> Allen Jake Allen is playing out of his mind. But if you look, Corey Crawford almost always plays out of his mind against the Wild. And I think some of that has to do with the fact that he knows that he has a defense in front of him that is going to give him good looks at the puck. And once you start as a goalie, once you start to get that confidence, it, it really just continues to build. Um, and I think that Mike Yo has just been like, I know this is how we can beat this team, um, and and this is what we're going to try to do, and this is what work this is what has worked for them. If you look at the last four times that the, the the wild have played St. Louis, it's been two to one, two to one, two to one, three to one, and one of those was an empty net goal. So yep. they're just sticking to the way they want to play. And this and is where we are. Them. You know? Yep. If you you get fifty some shots on goal in that first game and you can only get one goal and it comes with like twenty two seconds left in the game, you just gotta tip your hat to the guys. But it's not right. like they're playing bad. They're just playing no. ag- playing against a team that is sitting back and forcing them to make plays and playmaking has never been this team's strong suit. Right. So Yeah. It's it my wife was very shocked that I have not yet to throw anything or uh, You've been handling it calmly? I'm proud of you. Oh, you wouldn't you would be amazed at how calmly I've held it. I've oh, I didn't even after the overtime goal on uh was it Wednesday night? Yep, game so one. So it's so that game gets over at twelve fifteen. I have to be up for work at four fifteen. I'm still up watching this game. They uh-huh. St. Louis scores. I picked up the remote. I turned off the TV and I went to bed and I didn't say a word. Wow, I'm impressed. I, and the fact that I even fell asleep was was the most impressive part. I was shocked that I got any sleep at all that night. Yeah, because it's funny you mentioned that too. Because uh, yesterday, my favorite soccer team, Chelsea, lost to Manchester United. And Heather at one point in the afternoon turned to me and she's like, you know, I'm really proud of how well you handled this so far today. She's like, I didn't get upset. I didn't, you know, slam the remote down. I didn't like turn the TV off in anger. Like I just, I handled it like a mature, maybe we're maturing Dustin. Is that what's happening here? I don't know. Maybe I actually tweeted (laughs) out. I tweeted out yesterday afternoon. I was going to throw stuff and be pissed off, but then I realized I have a pool and vodka and I'm a goddamn adult. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's a very good point. Yeah, it's it's tough to be too angry about anything when you have a pool and vodka. It, and and you know, at the end of the day, like it's sports. You know, it's sports. What what yep. sucks is what sucks is that I've I've like committed like six months of my life to following this team. I watched almost every single regular season game, and you you go through all this whole process to get. Yep. To this point, where it's like, yes, the playoffs are here. You know, we've we got the most points in franchise history, and we got the two seed, and you know, we have, finally, finally, we're going to get to play at home. And then, then yeah, here's we are. I, I the I, thing, yeah, the thing I've learned about that over the years is that um, I, I've started, especially in World Cup soccer. You know, it's, it's a four year process, and you get to the World Cup, and then it's you know over in a blink of an eye. You know, you, especially usually for the U.S., but. What I've learned is, is it's always more about like the journey. You know what I mean? You gotta. So I've I've started to try to like, actually take a mental note of that. Like you know, enjoy the process along the way, the games along the way, the 
you know, the people you meet at games or the, the you know, when you're at a bar watching your favorite team, it's, you got to appreciate those small moments because, you know, as somebody who lives in Minnesota knows that championships don't come very often. <laughs> yeah. And my wife tells me all the time, she's like, this is the price you're going to have to pay for falling in love with the Minnesota sports team. I tried to warn exactly. you. I tried to warn uh-huh. you that this is what was going to happen and that uh-huh. they were going to break your heart at every opportunity they could. And, you know, I didn't want to believe it because my, my feeling was um, some, who put, someone put up a bracket that they picked. Um, oh, I remember because I was like, well, baby Jesus. Um, do, do, people what, still call, do, do people still call Mauer baby Jesus? That was a thing when I lived up there. I, yeah, that was a thing, but I, I, I know the reference. I don't think he gets referred to that anymore. No, oh, okay. Because he's also not a baby anymore. He's like 35 years old. This is true. Um, I still call him baby Jesus because I've, I'm, I'm kind of uh, time-locked into my last time of spending uh, years in Minnesota. Um, but they posted a picture of him holding up his bracket. Uh, you know, he yeah, went through and that. picked all the teams. And I was like, the Rangers in the wild with the wild winning. Holy crap. Like, because two, two years ago, I had a dream that the Minnesota Wild won the Stanley Cup. And uh-huh. they won it against the Rangers. And it was the dream was Zach Parisi holding the Stanley Cup over his head in Madison Square Garden. Oh, wow. And I was like, that's a really specific dream. Like, that is very specific. <laughs> I was like, this is so awesome. And then Joe Maurer picks. The Rangers in the wild. I'm like, th- you know, this has to be it. You know, we're mm-hmm. heading we're heading into Easter weekend, and Baby Jesus has put on his bracket <laughs> that the Wild and the Rangers are going to play for the Cub. I'm like, how could this not happen? And you know, I, I you know, it's not over. You know, yeah, no. I was a stat. I, the stat everyone's throwing around today is that uh, uh, four times in the history of the NHL has a team come back from three nothing. You know, St. Louis has won three in a row. Who's to say Minnesota can't win four in a row? Hey, I, I like that. I like that optimism, stranger, man. I hope stranger, it happens. Too. Stranger things have happened. This team, this town, could use deserves a like a playoff run of some type because it's it's been a long time. <laughs> all all I can say is that if they do lose on Wednesday, it will just mean more mm-hmm. nights that I get sleep uh, the rest of the spring. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So. <laughs> You got you got that going for you. And hey, at least the Blackhawks are losing too. Oh, that well, that's the thing that's almost more annoying to me is like, oh, so the the year that the the, the Blackhawks trap the bed will be the one year that the Wilds can't even get out of the first because it's always been a downfall, you know, having to play Chicago and exactly it looks like we wouldn't have had a free run to, through the Western Conference without having to play them if things hold on. No, it looks like uh, we're both going down. So we've had this deep, uh, this deep hockey conversation, and, and you haven't even uh, broken down what happened with uh, Dana's Flyers this year. I, I don't even what, – what's the status? Uh, you guys going to make some somebody, big moves in the draft? Can you give me some breakdown of some – can you do a somebody, deep dive? Somebody, somebody tweeted me about that the other day, and I was like – I was like, it almost like took me a while. So for those that don't know or follow me on Twitter, like one year during the playoffs, I just said on Twitter, while we're in it, I'm like, who should I cheer for in the playoffs? And somebody like responds, Flyers. So then – I just got really on board with the Flyers that playoff run, and I think like even within like the next season, I was already like, "Ah, oh, I'm running out of steam on this bit. I don't think I can keep it up." But occasionally, people will still tweet me like hashtag Dana's Flyers for that that one magical spring where I got really into the Philadelphia Flyers. <laughs> I, I had really hoped that it was a was a callback, and maybe the person that suggested it um, was making a callback to uh, you know one of your favorite movies, of course, is uh, the Mighty Ducks. And uh-huh. if you watch before they, you know, get their new jerseys, Goldberg, the goalie, is rocking a Philadelphia Flyer sweater, 
while he's playing. He's from Philly. That's right. Yeah, I know. I love it. I was hoping that I was hoping that there was some sort of tie-in. Maybe that person was was thinking along those lines, but maybe that's just way too much forth. Maybe that I put way too much thought into that than uh, than it was really needed. That, that that that's some next level uh, bit thinking right there. I like it. <laughs> what can I say? What is uh? You're, you're, I don't know. Did we uh, did we talk about this last time? Because you have a lot of recurring bits on Twitter. Um, uh huh. Do do we talk about your Twitter bits last time? I don't sounds, think we did. No, I don't think we got weird. into that. Well, that sounds weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk about let's let's talk about Dana's Twitter bits. Um, oh God. What? Where did even start? Well, what's what's your well, for, what's your favorite? Um, I think the favorite one is that like. So it started one day. I was bored walking around Lake Calhoun in Minneapolis, and I just like took a picture of a duck and tweeted it with no words. And then anytime I saw a duck, I would just tweet the picture of the duck because I wanted people to be like, "What's this dude's deal with ducks?" and like never offer any explanation for it whatsoever. So now, anytime someone sees a duck, they think of me. And like I've gotten like tweets from like, people, and they're in like Australia on vacation, like Australian ducks for Dana, you know. So I think that one's just like the most random and bizarre one. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, the the Hooters from Big Daddy one is another one that's just really ridiculous that one's been that's a, when that anytime, one's been around for a while too yeah anytime somebody is going to new york and asking for recommendations i always recommend that they need to check out the hooters from big daddy because it's just plain random and it all, it all started because my, my best friend lucas shanks after college he moved to new york you know i never was like talking like all the cool stuff you can see and all we would talk about is like how excited we were that he was going to live in the same town as the hooters from big daddy because <laughs> for some reason that was just funny to us so now anytime somebody um famous not famous is going to new york i would say be sure to check out the hooters from big daddy <laughs> it's just it's so stupid that it's kind of funny to me do, do you only do you only tweet that when you see it come up on your timeline or do you ever like search like going to oh new no york? i search so yeah, so uh, yeah, so sometimes like when I'm bored, like I'll just search like NYC trip, and then you know complete strangers who I don't follow, they don't they, you know they don't follow me. I'll just tweet, retweet it, and tell them to go to the Hooters from McDaddy, and it's pretty priceless. Some of like the responses you get because it's just like, who is this radio host in Minneapolis? Why is he tweeting me to go check out the Hooters from an Adam Sandler movie that's like 20 years old at this point? <laughs> well. As you know, um, if you've listened, if you listened to a, a previous podcast, um, your name came up in conversation with my wife, and it did. she she went full heel turn on you. I've Dude, I've she, never she, I've she, never really heard her attack anyone like that so viciously. And she laced into me pretty good. I was uh, I couldn't. Uh, if you listen to it, and if you haven't listened to it, you, people should definitely go back and check it out. the The title of the episode is "Nikki Turns Heel." Um, <laughs> she she just just was full of venom, and she's chimed in already on the uh, the Facebook comment section for for this podcast. We've actually already covered these. Um, if if you know the what we talked about. Uh, was one of the things is Dana is very much against uh, monsters who uh, put ketchup uh, in on their grill or dip their their grilled cheese sandwich in ketchup. Uh, and Nikki, I, I, believe, I believe I said they people who do that belong in prison. I believe that might have been what I said. I thought you called them monsters, but monsters, way, yeah, mon- monsters who belong in prison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she uh, she was very offended by that, and uh, <laughs> she she wanted you to know that she had grilled cheese last night. And uh, she also had ketchup, and 
Uh, she wanted to know how, how you were feeling about that. Well, I want to know why she felt the need to waste a perfectly good sandwich. You know, like there's, there's, I mean, I, I, I would have loved to have had that grilled cheese, but then she'd had to turn, you know, just go full disgusting mode on it and dip it in ketchup. There's, it's just, it's just a waste of a good sandwich. And so I feel bad for her that, you know, apparently she has such messed up taste buds that she finds that appealing because it's absolutely disgusting, horrendous and wrong. It, it was a top flight grilled cheese. It even had some, it had a little bit of bacon on it last night. Oh God! I, uh, that just makes it even worse. I, I went uh, I went top shelf for uh, for dinner last night and just a little bacon and a bit of cheese. Um, Look at you! Look now, at you! So now we we discussed that you're anti you're anti ketchup. Are you anti uh-huh. grilled cheese with tomato soup? Yeah, I, I'm okay with that, but I, I just I have this really weird thing where I don't like any condiments. I don't know where it came from. My parents can't explain it, but. Ever since I was a kid, like mayo, mustard, ketchup, sour cream, anything like that just freaks me out and I refuse to eat it. So it has more to do with me being a weirdo than anything else. For, for the longest time, I, I, was only ke- I was only ketchup. If uh-huh. I went to McDonald's or whatever when I was a kid, I want a cheeseburger with ketchup only. I don't want anything else. On yep. it. I don't want pickles. I don't want onions. I don't want anything. As, yep. I've, as I've gotten a little bit older, I, I'm, still, uh-huh. I'm still very anti-mustard. Don't yeah, like it. Don't, gross. don't want it anywhere. I I will occasionally enjoy a little bit of honey mustard. Um, okay. There was a particular uh, place we would get dinner uh, when we lived in Oklahoma. A sandwich joint that put a little honey mustard on their club sandwich. I didn't hate that. Okay. Wasn't, wasn't completely against it. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I've come around on mayo uh, in the last cool. in the last five years. Like a little a little shot of uh, Hellman's Hellman's mayo on my Jimmy John sandwich. Um, sure. Yeah. But, uh, very, very anti-mustard, not a huge fan, yeah. of, not a huge fan of sour cream. Um, I mean, if it's there, if I, if I can get it without it, I prefer, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's not going to ruin your meal though. If you do have it, no, not like cilantro cilantro ruins everything. I hate cilantro really? so much. Oh God, I hate it. It's because I'm Norwegian. Dude, dude. It's no, it's a Norwegian taste bud thing. It tastes like soap. Really? Cause I like cilantro. Yeah. That's bizarre. So, when you, so do you go to Chipotle then? Because don't they put cilantro on the rice? They do. I've gotten to the point where I can overcome my hatred of the cilantro enough to because I love the carnitas. My love of the carnitas yeah. is so much oh, that I can over, overcome it. The hatred of cilantro. Yeah, I can. I can. Okay. Uh, and they do a, at Chipotle. They do a pretty good job of making the the cilantro pieces pretty small, mm-hmm. um, so they're not as normal but like or not as bad but if you go to like a real mexican restaurant where they put giant pieces of cilantro on things i'm not about that you can't handle that no well, my, sister, is, my sister's how much... my sister's the same way it tastes like soap to us that's really bizarre yeah see i dig it and this is how far like off the mustard train i am because you know i like to smoke ribs in my smoker and whatnot and they mm, say that yeah. One of the ways to get like the rub that you rub on to like get it to stick to the ribs is to put mustard on it first. You don't yep. taste the mustard, you know, it cooks off. You don't even notice it, but it's just, but I refuse to even do that. I'm like, nope, I, that's, that. I don't care that I can't taste it later. I don't want that disgusting mustard anywhere near my ribs. <laughs> I, I will say this. One of the best briskets I've ever had in my entire life is at a barbecue joint just outside of Austin called the Salt Lake. And it oh, is. God. I want to go to that place right now. <laughs> it is. It is German style barbecue. The uh-huh. brisket has a distinct mustard flavor. Really? But it is really, really good. Yeah. It's. Yeah, I'd, I'd have a hard time saying no to that just because. 
you know. If if I if no one, if, so if, if I put that down in front of you and didn't tell you that there was anything mustard on it and you ate it, yeah. I I don't I know. Even realize. I don't you I don't know. You might. It's pretty mm-hmm. cuz the German barbecue is has a, has a lot of mustard in it. But what we can do is you can just come to Houston. And I'll take you to that spot that I send you pictures from all the time, the pit room. Oh yes. And we'll go there. There's no there's no mustard. I don't know that there's mustard in that building. Good. So we're good. There. So it should be perfect. That food, oh my god. Oh. There's nothing better than this good barbecue spot like you know anytime I'm in Kansas City like I end up gaining like 12 pounds because I eat every single meal meal at Arthur Bryan's for the oh. entire weekend. <laughs> Where was I watching? And it's like I was watching what was I watching? Oh, I was watching UFC. They were uh having fights in uh, Kansas City this weekend and they did a little uh, piece on Arthur Bryant's. And somehow oh, I've god, never been so there. Oh, Arthur well it's Arthur Bryant's and then there's Oklahoma Joe's I think is the other one that people really like in Kansas City, but the Arthur, one of the Arthur Bryant's is right near the soccer stadium. So that's always kind of been my jam because that's where we're staying usually when we're in Kansas City, but yeah, it's just oh, it's just heavenly down there. It's just so good. Now Oklahoma, we don't have anything uh, like that. We we don't have anything like that in Minneapolis. So it kind of bumps me off. No, you have Famous Dave's, which is basically hot garbage. Yeah, it's like fast food um, barbecue. You know, it's like not. It's it's fine. People seem to like it, and that's that's their thing. Good for them, but no, it's 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 not for me. It's it's because they don't know any better. You no, can't, yeah, exactly. You can't really, yeah, you can't yeah, really I guess, punish I guess them. before. Yeah, before I got to Kansas City, I guess I kind of like Famous Dave's too, just because I didn't realize that there's better options out there. Now, Oklahoma Joe's I have had because they are also in Tulsa, at and they have a little outpost at our favorite concert venue. Uh, shout out to Kane's Ballroom, which is still my favorite place I've ever seen a concert. Um, but they have a little Oklahoma Joe spot in there. Get the uh, burnt end sandwich. Oh, 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 so delicious! This sounds amazing. I'm, I'm. Having inappropriate thoughts about barbecue right now. <laughs> I love I can't, it. I can't really help myself. Once I started talking about the pit room, I just the pictures flash in my brain, and then I remember how good it is. They have yep. seriously. I, I think I think I sent you the picture when I went there a couple weeks ago of the chicken. Yep, it's the best chicken I've ever had in my entire life. Just looks sexy as all hell. It is. It is so good. Like I'm. I might have to go there for lunch tomorrow just in order to stop thinking about it. No, I know. That's one of those things. Barbecue is one of those foods that, like, once you're craving it and you have it in your mind, like, there's no – you have to end up – you have to go get barbecue. You know what I mean? You're not going to be able to shake it. So one of the things that uh, that you and your lovely wife, who was fantastic on my podcast, and I can't wait to oh, have yeah, her back Oh, yeah, she loved on, it. She's so smart and so much fun and so sweet and – I, I don't understand how she puts up with you because <laughs> I don't understand. Oh, I, know. I don't understand how 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 anyone could possibly worthy of of someone that awesome. But you are lucky enough yeah, to, to have that. So good for you. Well, thank you, sir. Um, you guys recently went on an adorable road trip where uh-huh. little cubby bears were involved. Dude, now, we now one thing. Cubs. Now one thing you want to be careful of. If you're talking about going on a trip and visiting with cubs, there are some subculture uh, references <laughs> that cubs are involved in. So you you definitely want to be careful when you're talking about this sort of stuff. But we are actually talking about the little adorable bear cubs. Um, so it was funny because like when I, when I was sending some tweets out, like I had that in my mind. I was like, okay, how do I word this so it doesn't come off as weird? <laughs> so how did how did this how did this trip come about? 
So uh, we went to South Dakota to go to this place called Bear Country USA. Bear Country USA is essentially like, picture like a Jurassic Park like zoo. So like, you, you don't get out of your car, you drive through, and there's bears and wolves and you know sheep and stuff like that. You know, and it's it's fine. You know, it's even it's cool to see bears up close. But the big draw, one weekend a year, they do this thing called Cub Fest, where they have all these little baby bears that you can you know pet and play with and say hi to. And so they only do it one weekend a year. My wife has been wanting to go for years and years and they announce it like a week ahead of time. They're like, all right, next weekend is going to be Cub Fest. So we found out it was happening. She within minutes had hotels booked and was making plans. And we went there and let me tell you, we weren't the only people that wanted to see bear cubs uh, that weekend in South Dakota. Like the line to get in, like stretched for miles and miles and miles down the highway. That's how popular this thing was. And uh, yeah, yeah I, saw, I, saw, I, mean, I saw the Snapchat. She was like, they don't even open for 20 minutes. And like the right. line was as far back as you could see. And that was 20 minutes before they opened. So then, you know, we were on the first cars in, which was fantastic. We smartly got there early. But then, you know, we spend like an hour or two in there. So then, but then when we leave, we, you know, we so we're driving out, like the line got even longer. It was like, you, they just kept going. Like you're down to like a twisting highway, you know, in, you know, Western South Dakota. And you keep thinking, like, all right, well, after we go past this bend, the line will probably stop. Nope, just kept going and going and going. It was unbelievable. But the problem, Dustin, with um, when you get to play with the baby bear cub is that you want to do it every day for the rest of your life. <laughs> like, I, I I've already, like, I, I miss these cubs. They're just so cute and so playful and, like, <clears throat> adventurous. They climb up on you and kind of, like, nip at your fingers you know not like in a mean way just more in like a curious way you know kind of like a, like a puppy would do and they're just so damn cute dude it was unbelievable yeah i just the pictures that i saw were uh-huh. the cuteness level that i felt was almost overwhelming oh, I, I had to just i, I had to go in a quiet room and just be alone for a little <laughs> while just to yeah. so i could recover from from the cuteness and and seeing your wife with one of the cubs i was like this is like this is a picture this if you took if you said what does joy look like if you put that yeah. picture up there that's exactly what uh-huh. i would say joy looks like no yeah because you know like some people you know like they're really into dogs or you know the cats or something you know she her thing is she finds baby cubs is the most adorable thing on earth and so to finally be able to be there present when she got the opportunity to meet one face to face was uh, pretty pretty fantastic i'm not gonna lie and then you went to uh, a a very very famous uh, place, um, something that uh, is near and dear to your heart because of the greatness that is Nicolas Cage. You finally <laughs> you finally went to see uh, an on location uh, spot that they shot some of those movies at, the Great Mount Rushmore, which is it, one it, of the most underwhelming pretty, things ever. It really was, man. Like I'll be honest. Uh, you know, we, you, you pay your 10 bucks to park and we're walking up and then you're like, yeah, there, uh, there it is. Yep. <laughs> Looks just like it does in the movies. And I asked a couple of like the tour guides that were around, I asked them if they, if we're the, the statue of Nick Cage is, and they either didn't get the joke or didn't think I was very funny and just kind of ignored me. <laughs> so now the question is, if they offered a special tour where you had to pay, say, $150, and they took you uh-huh. up on the on the Nick Cage tour, which is, and then you end up, you get to go like up on top and and all that. I I almost got to say, I I think that I would do. Like I, I, I that I would do. It would almost be cooler to get up on top of it and be like, hey, I was up on top. 
I don't know. That uh, that that's a bit I need to think. I need to flush that out a little bit better. I, that was no, funny. but I, I, I it was think funnier. you're right though it was, because I, I, it was funnier in my head. But you're right though because like when you when you walk up into it and you you just see it and you're just like, so this is it. Like we don't get to go up there or anything. It's just you you stand down here and look at it. Like I could I could have seen it from the highway without paying the ten bucks to park. You know. <laughs> Honestly, it's one of those things where if you've seen a picture of it, I mean, you've basically seen it. Like you don't. And really... you're far away from yeah, it too. Like I thought we were able to get closer away. to it than we were. It's way far. It was way up there. You. So, yeah, I was. You, can we build was, like was, a bridge was, that takes us like halfway up at least? Uh huh. <sighs> yeah. No, I was. I was very underwhelmed by the whole thing. But it's one of those things where you know you just to say you saw it and then you just yeah. kind of move on with your life. Absolutely. Now, one thing I would suggest doing sometime as an adventure mm-hmm. now this is north dakota okay. so you may not ever have a cause to go through north dakota because not many <laughs> people really do um, <laughs> no. but you can there is uh the teddy roosevelt badlands something and okay there's this big long winding loop of like scenic highway that you can take and i want to say it's like 40 miles but so you drive into a little park and you, and you drive through. But what's awesome is there's tons of buffalo. Oh, and nice. if you're lucky enough, you can get up pretty close to some of them. In fact, that's pretty rad. The the one time I went there, we were on this road and we had to stop. So there's a big ass buffalo walking down the center of the road, dude. And I am, I have pictures of it on Facebook. We are in my best friend's dad's brand new Ford F-150 pickup. And this Buffalo walks so close to the driver's side door. I, I could see, I, I went eye to eye with this Buffalo. Dude. I looked into his eye and he was like, I'm just rolling through. Everybody be cool. Cause yeah. you know, if, if you mess with me, I will ruin this truck. Right. Yeah. I was going to say a so, Buffalo is capable of doing some damage. So just let me, just let me, just let me roll on through. Yeah, let was, me do my thing. Let, let me just do my buffalo stuff, and you can get on to doing your human stuff. And he just kept on walking down the road. It was it was like someone had laid out a path for him. He was appreciative. He was tired of walking in the grass, and you know it was uneven yeah. uneven terrain. He was like, it was nice of uh, these these bipeds to put a path here for me to walk. Exactly. The other walk. the other great part is we drove a little further, went around a bend, and stopped and looked out into an open prairie. And there was like 150 buffalo just chilling. Dude, that's cool. So that was pretty cool. So if you ever do that, you know, for some reason you decide to drive across North Dakota, which is one of the most boring-ass drives ever. Yeah, I was going to say, it doesn't sound that appealing. No, it's not really exciting. If you ever have a, if, if someone is ever punishing you by sending you to Bismarck for something, you can maybe <laughs> make that trip. I love it. Because the only reason I did it is because I was driving from Minneapolis to uh to southeast montana you know you yeah gotta, you gotta go you gotta go to through, through north dakota yeah exactly only one way the, so you only, gotta go through the only way that that trip is worse is to do it in the middle of winter which i've also done oh god oh Not jesus fun. Not why'd fun. you do that to yourself um well we won't get into why it is not a fun story very sad yeah <laughs> but uh you know i had to i had to go there for a very specific reason so sure um so we've we've gone on long enough um we're we're 40 some minutes deep into this podcast i know that you have some very serious thoughts uh about the the fate of the furious 
and I know I that do. you must want to share them on some outlet, even though you have hundreds and thousands of listeners in the Twin Cities oh, that I'm God. sure have heard all of your your takes on on this movie. But share them with the twenty five. I never get sick of talking about the Fast and the Furious. You can now you can now share them with the twenty five people that will listen to this, including my mom. So, well, dude, I I, I was nervous about this one because it was the first one about Paul Walker, obviously. Uh, first full one, at least. Um, and they've been on such a hot run lately. Five, six, and seven were just so good that it's just, I kept, you know, maybe it's the Minnesota sports fatalist in me that's like, was waiting for the other shoe to drop, was thinking like, all right, like there's no way they can keep this hot streak going. But I was wrong. They they pulled it off. They did it again. Uh, I uh, I absolutely love the movie. I saw it um, last week, a little sneak preview, which was nice so that didn't run the risk of any spoilers or finding out anything, but no, I, I loved it. I thought it was uh, one of one of the funnier installments for sure. The comic relief uh, this time around uh, between uh, Statham and you know Tyrese is always hilarious as Roman. Like, I thought it was legitimately funny in a lot of parts, and uh, the action was great. You know, the big set piece at the end with the submarine. You know, who my my, my favorite thing was the whole series is you know when Fast One came out, uh, like Dominic Toretto was a guy like running a sandwich shop and stealing DVD players and like. TV or VCR DVD combo players from the back of semi trucks. And now he's uh, a, a heat seeking missile is following him while he uh, has it explode a submarine for him um, in the middle of like some Russian uh, space. It's just unbelievable. It's, and w- and what's, interesting, so what's interesting is that you would think that why don't we have a movie of like where we, where we see them training to learn how to do all this stuff. Do they just right? know how to do all these things? Like, is this, do you learn this by osmosis? Are they like, while they're just chilling on the beach somewhere, are they like reading Are they like books? studying like, up, like watching love. some YouTube videos or like, something on this? You, yeah. just, you just know how to do this. Uh-huh. Yeah, now, it, now, it, how, it, now, now my first, the first thing I thought about, because for me, as I'm watching this movie, not only am I watching the movie, but I'm also ticking through things going, okay, maybe I should talk to Dana about that. Um, what, yeah. do I, what do I think Dana would have thought about this? So my first thing is, how long until you and Heather uh, whisk away to Havana, Cuba? <laughs> right? Yeah. That, that place, that looked gorgeous, that honeymoon down there. I want Hopefully I don't run into uh, any Scarlett Johansson like uh, cyber terrorists that are going to well, basically hang me, on a second. Charlize <laughs> yeah, Theron. That was Charlize okay Theron. That was Charlize Theron. Oh, did I say? Jo- you said Scarlett Johansson. Oh, I said Scarlett Johansson. Oh, my bad. My apologies. Uh, wow. Uh, Scarlett, if you're if you're if you're listening to this, my my bad. I don't know where that she'll, came from. She'll but be yeah. okay. Yep. She. Oh uh, yeah. Scarlett, no, but, Scarlett's doing all right. She's doing okay. Yeah, but no. Uh, yeah, for from for my money, I uh, I I absolutely dug the movie and yeah, the the Cuba scenes. Those are beautifully shot and just. I love how they just set the tone early. It's like all right. Like, because you know when you go see a fast movie, you just kind of like, turn the brain off. You don't expect too much realism. But then, when he wins that race in that car and there's things goes exploding into the water and he does a tuck and roll at like 160 and is, surprisingly doesn't have a scratch on his body. It's just, you know, you you, you kind of just got to, when you see these movies, just, you know, forget about the realism. You know, my, nothing's going to be realistic. And you just got to enjoy that about it. My favorite part is not only does he not have a scratch on him, his white wife beater is still totally clean, even though he was just oh, in I a know. car that was on fire. Yeah, I know. This is the other thing, too, is like it, these movies are shot in Brazil, in L.A., in Cuba. He's always wearing a white T-shirt or a white beater that has zero perspiration or any type of pit stain on it whatsoever. It's always just pristine, which is just hilarious to me. Dom, Dom Toretto does not sweat. 
No, no, he, he's not, no, he nothing, so, right, nothing he right is, old Dom's cage. He is so cool. He just doesn't even perspire. His, in fact, the, the, in fact, his the, armpits, his armpits are scared to sweat through his t-shirt for fear of what exactly. Dom would do. Do to the shirt. Yeah, I, I said this the other day where I just said something to the effect of like, the the thing that makes me sad about the Fast and Furious movies is that Dominic Toretto isn't a real person and I can't ever meet him someday. <laughs> <laughs> I just love him so much. So there, now as you as we built towards this movie coming out. Um, mm-hmm. there's, there's been some little grumblings and rumblings that not a lot of lo- not a lot of love on, on the, uh, the set between, uh, Vin Diesel and Dwayne Johnson. Uh, so mm-hmm. much so that they're hardly in this movie together at all. Oh, I know that that's, that was my one big takeaway right after the movie. And I was Heather and I were walking on talking about it. And I'm like, I honestly think they were on the screen together for like a total of like 32 seconds. And uh, just, they're never in any scenes together, which maybe there's some truth to that, to that they didn't like each other, or maybe that's just the way the movie was worked out. But they're never, even like at the end of that big barbecue scene, like you, you don't really see them like talking. I don't think. No, in fact, I, I I was reading a couple of articles before we started recording, and one is that there was an alternate ending to that movie that they really? had written that Vin Diesel shot down, which was that, um. Hobbs whose character would accept the reinstatement and that would lead to him and Jason Statham Jason, uh, Jason Statham's character uh working mm-hmm. more closely and, and leading to additional stories through that. Now there's talk that this is and they've talked in these very specific terms about this is the start of a new trilogy going forward. Um right with but Vin Diesel Pretty sounds like he has a lot of the control of of where these things go. So does that lead to less of a focus of of Dwayne in these movies? Or I don't. I'm not 100 percent sure because he's become such a huge part of these movies. I don't see how oh, you huge. have a movie without have another fast movie without Dwayne Johnson in it. Oh, I know. Yeah, he's the series completely. There's a notable shift in the series and five when he joins, and uh, he's as big of a part of the thing as now as Vin Diesel is, in my opinion. And yeah, I mean, because that that was one of the big knocks on seven for me was so he had filming obligations, so he was his role was limited. If you remember in seven, he's pretty much laid up in the hospital the entire movie until the final scene. So he didn't get, have a lot to do. And I remember that was one of my takeaways from that movie. I was like, God, I, it was good, but I could have used more rock, you know, just because he's just so good i also love like we were talking about this like they basically turned his character into a superhero like when he's in that prison scene where he's just taking those rubber bullets from close range and not even flinching like, like come on i was but, waiting yeah, no, I, I was waiting I, for it in the fight too i was waiting for him to hit somebody with the rock bottom and he hits yep. it with the rock bottom and it's even better because he rock bottoms them onto the railing which i was like yes that's that's i need a rock bottom in in any yep. time that he does one of these movies yeah, he did one. He did one in six. I don't think we got one in seven, but we definitely got one in six, five and six. That's for sure. Well, yeah, no, I don't when, want. I don't when want you, to get when you can just where... when you can just flex bust out of the cast. I mean, that's really mm-hmm. all you needed. Daddy's got to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> it just still gets me every time. How how much did you love the soccer scene? The soccer scene was great. Yeah, that was set the tone early. You know, you you could, you could see there was a misdirection coming, and then you know it was with the kids and. the <laughs> When he's, you know, the guy's like trying to get him to like focus, and he's like, "What we need is we need, you know, a goal right now." 
That was fantastic. Yeah, I, the Rock just he's just he's just so damn good. Like in everything he does, just, he just love the guy so much. And the uh, the Samoan tribal dance uh, with the oh with god the yeah. girls was just so good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so priceless. Yeah, and like the, I, like uh, I mentioned, it it was one of the funnier uh, fast installments. I think there's lots of. Uh, Lots of good lines, like Statham, too, at the end with the baby, listening to the Alvin and the Chipmunks <laughs> and on, on the plane. That was just, just fantastic. And if, if by chance you're listening to this, and, and I mean, I, I gave you the warning at the beginning that when we got to Fast, it was going to be spoilers. And if you're still listening and you're getting these spoilers, I don't know what else to tell you. So, obviously, yeah, yeah, we warned you. We, um, but yeah. where, do we go, where do we go from here? I mean, obviously, they're not going to time travel. They're not going to go into space. Um, mm-hmm. which I don't know. I, I don't know. I think if Dominic Toretto can do anything, I don't see why Dominic Toretto couldn't be an astronaut. I mean, <laughs> are you not at this point? I how mean, about, he, how about we reboot Armageddon with the fast cast, um, with the fast crew? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, uh, you know, fast and furious Armageddon where they, you know, you have to take them out into space and I don't know. I, don't, I think they would have to do something other than drilling, maybe. What yeah, could they, what yeah, could they do? Know. Why would the American government end up needing Dominic Toretto's help? That, that's what it's going to come down to. I think, yeah. Like, it, it is tough, because that is the one thing I think about with these movies, is, you know, they kept, like, progressively topping each other, you know, and I don't know if they'll ever be able to top seven, where they, um, car goes from one skyscraper to the other in, in, uh, in Abu Dhabi, or... Uh, six where they take a plane down with automobiles on like a 30 mile highway. But it's, it's amazing that, but they keep somehow managing to top themselves. I mean, this one had the submarine, you know, but I, I'm completely out of ideas of what they do next. Thankfully they have uh, smarter people than me in charge of putting these things together. And I, I, I meant to, I meant to say this when we were, we were talking about the Cuba thing earlier. I like that yeah. uh, director F Gary Gray, um, had kept the tradition of some gratuitous booty shots. Um, oh, I know. <laughs> at the beginning of this movie, I'm like, okay, now I know. I'm, now I'm locked in. I know it's a fast movie. Yep. I've seen a, a couple of very nice tushes. So now yeah. I know that, a, okay, a, I'm a, ready to go. A couple of random girls walking around the streets in high heels and, like, thongs, which, you know, is, you see every day. It's a very common occurrence. But, Absolutely. Yeah, I, I love that every single movie, they, they find a way, like, to shoehorn in some scene of, like, hot chick standing next to fast cars. I've seen a lot of Cuba on CNN. Uh, and and travel Didn't shows look like that. I've never seen that many good-looking people in one place in Cuba. I, I'm not saying that Cuba doesn't have a lot of attractive folks, but um, uh-huh. I don't know that they've ever been all in You've one never place seen at the, the same that, time. That, that con- the congregating like that, no. uh, all in one area. But ma- I, I'm going to sound like a complete pig here, and, and I understand that. And it's basic. I mean, I pretty much am. But the the girl that dropped the flag for the start of the race. Yeah. Wow. Like. I mean, top that top flight talent that girl had. I uh, yeah, I don't think I'd kick her out of a hot tub party. No, Let's no, put no, it that no, way. No, if you invited her to the Jack yep. Sigma hot tub party, it would be a the good Jack time. Jack Sigma hot tub party. Yep. <laughs> Look at that callback. Yeah, no I, callback. That was a great callback. So that's what we do in the business. Um, mm-hmm. So okay, so you you said that you think that you're out of ideas, but wh- what do you think is next? I, I they've said like we said this this is going to be part of a trilogy. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what. Well, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how involved Rock's character is, you know, because it ended with him saying that he was going to stay home for a while. I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean anything, but it'll be interesting to see if they go forward with this. Because I could also see, I could also see them maybe at some point doing because you know what's better than um, 
more money, nothing. I could see them doing a spinoff of like just maybe just Hobbs' character. You know, I hope that doesn't happen, but. If, especially if him and Vin really don't like each other, that could end up happening. I hope not, but who knows? Just, just call it Hobbs is Furious. Yeah, yeah, you know, like they could start expanding this thing to, you know, kind of almost like a Marvel type universe, you know, because they do have so many damn characters at this point. It's just like, oh my god, they, they keep adding more and Statham. Statham was great in this one, although it was kind of weird that it's like, wait, this is the dude that killed your buddy. Why are you teaming up with him? You know, right. but this is this is the thing that I've I've been noticing and that. uh I, I read some reaction to here this morning. A lot of uh, fans of these movies not real happy with the fact that all that they talk about in these movies is family and mm-hmm. how important family is and the crew and they're all a family. And Jathan Statham's character smoked Han in cold yeah. blood. Uh huh. And now we're just supposed to accept working but, with ne- him? Now we're invited to the family barbecues. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that is, that is kind of odd, you know, how they, how they kind of made that happen. But, uh, as somebody said, like once for the fast and furious movies, they don't necessarily, um, make decisions that make the most sense. They make decisions based on what's going to be the most fun. And it is fun seeing Jason Statham do, you know, badass shit on an airplane. You know what I mean? So yeah, you do kind of, you do kind of wonder about that. Cause I loved Han. He was one of my favorite characters. In the, in the franchise, so yeah, even all just like you know driving Coronas on a rooftop in New York with the dude that killed him is, is is a little bit jarring for sure. And who the hell house who who owns that that they could just chill out on a big rooftop like that? I know, I know, it's like <laughs> unbelievable. So you got, I mean, I also like how do they, they do they have do they have the same uh, realtor as the cast of Friends? I know, and I, I also love how like they never really get into the logistics of like how things work. It's just like. Okay, like they're in Russia now. It's like, how did they get there? Like, did they fly commercial? Like, you know, like, and also, like, never once in these movies have you ever seen anyone have to stop to fill up for gas, no matter how often they're oh, driving no, these no. cars. No, they topped off. <laughs> they, they topped off in the scene before. They, we just didn't see that. Yeah, they, they they topped off in the scene before they got to the uh, to, to the huge Russian um, right. just. Uh, frozen tundra up there <laughs> there, you know, very, there's, there's probably a quick trip right nearby <laughs> without without cool without cold it is uh, they're much more fuel efficient yeah yeah i guess that makes sense yeah uh, so uh, I, we're about an hour in you still got time and you got to go we got to wrap this up no, I, got, I got nothing man no okay yeah let's keep going so because i just re- I, I found some notes from the last time that we talked and we'll transition away from from fast here and i'll put up a little note so people know that we didn't just stop talking after fast so they can come back um <laughs> i have some notes in here um about uh i'm supposed to ask you about a john cena story oh yeah the cena story because i was just thinking so- i was just thinking i haven't talked about wrestlemania with anyone because i was supposed uh-huh. to do a podcast and a bunch of stuff didn't happen so i haven't talked about wrestlemania or anything so i figure we'll mm-hmm. use a john cena story here and we'll transition a little wrestling talk here at the end yeah um so the john cena story uh it was i think 2008 2009 maybe there was a house show a saturday night house show in rochester minnesota which is a city about an hour south of uh, Minneapolis. I was in college at the time and me and my buddies uh, went down, you know, for the show, got a hotel room for the night so we could drink afterwards and kind of make a night of it. So, uh, you know, standard house show, I think Cena fought edge that night, you know, that, that, that type of thing. It's a fun show, good crowd and everything, but we go to a bar um, across the street from the arena and we're having a good time, you know, hanging out. Then all of a sudden my buddy puts his hand on my shoulder, like the hardest I've ever grabbed. And he goes, 
Cena's here. And I look, and sure enough, there's the champ, blue jeans, white T-shirt, just walks in, saddles up at the bar all by himself, and uh, orders a drink. I'm like, like, holy shit, you know? So eventually, you know, after a while, I, you know, there's an initial rush of people taking pictures of him and stuff. After that kind of died down, I walked up to the bar, and I said to the, I said to him, I'm like, hey, champ, uh, can I buy you a shot? And he, and he looks at me, and he goes, he goes, ah, just going to do beer tonight. And he holds up his little bat blue. And I think he like he must have saw like the crushed disappointment on my face <laughs> when he <laughs> denied my shot offer. So and he goes, ah, he goes, all right. He goes, one shot can't hurt. I'm like, all right. I'm like, what's the champ drink? He goes, the champ drinks Jack Daniels. So flag the bartender over, two shots of Jack, and uh, you know, cheers. And, and then uh, you know, took t- t- the shot back, shook his hand, and uh, went back uh, with my story. You know, which was pretty cool. But then it takes a twist. So. A little bit later, he was getting mobbed by people to the point where the bartender ended up having him sit in like this little area that they kind of practition off, you know, a little bit so that people would quit bugging him. And I go to the bar to get another round and him and I make eye contact from across the bar and he kind of like waves me over, like flags me down. And I start walking over to him and then like the bouncer's like, no, 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 you can't, you can't bug him. And Cena's like, no, 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 he's with me. It's cool. So I walk back and I'm like, what's up, champ? And he's like, yeah, I wasn't going to do much drinking tonight, but that shot you bought me kind of got me in the mood. And he's like, you bought the first round, I'm buying the rest of them. Let's go. And what? he pulls out he pulls out his platinum Amex card, you know, like the one that really rich people have. Right. And flags the bartender over. The bartender's name is also John. He goes, he goes, hey, John, me and my buddy Dana here are going to do shots of Jack Daniels and Labatt's Blue all night. Just keep them coming. So we sat there and just got absolutely ripped shit together. <laughs> that is an amazing story it, it was I'm, and the thing is like i i had been drinking you know before his match even started so i had a little bit of a head start on him so right when he, these shots of jack were coming like i was doing that move where i would like do the shot and then i would grab my beer like i was chasing but just spit the shot back <laughs> down <laughs> because the last thing i wanted to do was to throw up on john cena <laughs> yeah that that would not be the the best move ever Oh, and he was such a cool dude. Like, I mean, beyond just buying me shots, just how funny he was and stuff. Like, there was these girls, like, just uh, sitting across the bar just staring at him, you know, like, smiling and stuff and, like, making it super obvious. And I go, hey, uh, John, I go, uh, don't look now, but I, I think those girls are looking at you. And he looks at me and he goes, you sure they're not looking at you? <laughs> like, you ball buster. <laughs> <laughs> oh. at, one point, when, at one point when we got pretty drunk, though, it was getting late in the night, and... uh I go, I'm like, John, like you should, you should, you should give me an FU into the snow bank outside. And he looks at me and he goes, Dana, I can't do that. I don't like, and he goes, I, he goes, I don't mean to be rude, but I'm strong enough to accidentally kill you. And neither <laughs> of us need that tonight. <laughs> I was like, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> that's, that's so much better than my drinking story with wrestlers. Who do you have? So I have a, a, a a guy that most people wouldn't have heard of, but he is recently uh, debuted on NXT in the last few months. Is a kid named Roderick Strong. Okay. And Roderick Strong uh, was a wrestler. He wrestled a lot in ROH. I used to go to a lot of Ring of Honor shows. Um, I would go okay. over. I would go over to Chicago uh, as my buddy lives there, and we would go to. Um, they would have uh, shows at this place in Chicago Ridge, and then everyone would go to this uh, this place called Rosa's. It's a little Italian joint, and everyone would drink and hang out. So a bunch of the wrestlers are sitting over by themselves, um, hanging out. Uh, I think Samoa Joe was there. 
Roderick Strong, Austin Aries might have been there. Um, uh, a couple other people. And I'm hanging out with uh, a kid that I went to Brown with um, and, and some other people. And we're drinking pitchers. And one of the things that I generally do is I start drinking pitchers by the pitcher uh, instead of <laughs> by the glass where I just yeah. tell them to stop bringing the glasses. And I'll just drink it out of the pitcher. Mm-hmm. And, I love that move. Yeah. That usually ends uh, badly for me. At some point yeah, in the I bet night, it does. some point in the night, things things take a turn, um, such as the night that uh, I was at an old Chicago down in Apple Valley, and a guy uh, ran his mouth to me, and I put him through three bathroom partitions. Um, oh damn! Yeah, that that night didn't go very well. Uh, it was fine. <laughs> for, it was fine for me, not so well for that other guy. No, not for not Apparently, for him. Because this, I'll get back to the Rosa story here in a second. But this is a funny story. So this is my buddy's birthday. We uh, we started drinking in Apple Valley. Went downtown. Uh, went to Bullwinkles, which uh, oh, wow. which was a good time. This this had to yeah. be like 2005. I think uh, I, that was also a night drinking straight from the pitcher. Um, went to a few other places. Apparently, I um, thoroughly um, wrecked the bathroom at Rick's Cabaret, um, <laughs> and then we ended up back down in Apple Valley at this old Chicago. Well, apparently, when we were we started the night, I want to say, at, like, Applebee's. Um, sure. Applebee's or TGI Fridays, one of the two. And I was a little flirty with the waitress, which I'm one to do. I'm just a friendly guy. I'm, yeah. friend- I'm friendly when I yeah, drink. Yeah, you're an outgoing guy, Dustin. I, when I drink, I'm, I'm a very friendly drunk. I don't, like, I'm not a mean drunk. I don't start things. Yep. But if you mess with me, things are going to go poorly for you. Mm-hmm. So, apparently... I was uh, a little overly flirty with this waitress. So when we come back five hours later at Old Chicago, which was next to the Applebee's, the waitress and her boyfriend are at the Old Chicago. I don't oh. know. I don't know this. I don't remember that any of this has happened. Mm-hmm. So the boyfriend follows me into the bathroom at Old Chicago. When I go, I'm finally away from my friends. He follows me into mm-hmm. the bathroom. And proceeds to get upset with me that I dared to put my arm around his girlfriend, who I didn't right. even know had a girlfriend, and then right. decided that he wanted to swing on me. At which point, I proceeded to put him through um, all three of the uh, stall partitions <laughs> in that bathroom. I love that, and just left him laying and yeah. walked out and went and told my my told my buddy Brian. I was like, "Yeah, some dude just tried to jump me in the bathroom." The guy comes out. And uh, wants to fight, and my buddy Brian goes, "You back up, I will stab you in the neck with my fucking keys, and I'm a state, poli- I'm a state police officer, and I'll get away with it." Wow. And uh, we were like, "Whoa, that that was a little strong." Side note: <laughs> not a police officer at all, um, <laughs> in no way affiliated with anything with law enforcement. But you know, no one needs to know that at that time. No. So that that was basically the end of our night. Um, he didn't mess with us anymore at that point. But uh, yeah, once you go once you go through three stall practitions, there's really not much more you can come back from at that yeah, point. I don't, I don't really. I mean, and, and it's not like I don't think I was really that inappropriate to her, but apparently he took offense mm-hmm. to it. So no. th- so that he was that three, story. He went through three stalls. So th- this just shows how poorly things go when I drink straight from the pitcher. So uh-huh. we're we're at Rosa's hanging out. 
and Roderick Strong walked by, and he mumbled something. And I was like, oh, hey, how's it going? He comes back by, starts talking a little smack to us. And Roderick is not a particularly tall guy. I want to say maybe he's mm-hmm. like 5'6", six, 5'7". Sure. He said something, and I just looked at him. I was like, dude, you got to be at least this tall to ride this ride. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, what did you say? I was like, just go back and hang out. Like, we're just having fun. So, mm-hmm. so then he wanted to start, like, you know. So my, my, wrestler's, my wrestler drinking story is not nearly as fun as yours. You had fun with the world champion, one of the coolest guys ever, John Cena, and I almost got in a fight with an indie guy in a fucking uh, <laughs> Italian restaurant in Chicago Ridge, Illinois. So you, oh, you, yeah, you, win the, you win that battle, sir. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate the victory. <laughs> so we, uh, I had a very tough time uh, with WrestleMania this year because of the simple fact that my uh, cable – internet and cell phone service all went out about 10 minutes into the Neville Austin Aries pre-show match. Yeah, that ain't good. <laughs> so I was about four hours behind, not knowing that it was going to be a seven hour show. Yeah. Was that was like, the longest show of my life. I was like, I'll just, I'll just catch, you know, when everything comes back on, I'll just jump in and watch it. And you know, it, it'll be a couple hours behind. No big deal. I think yeah, it was one, it's like one thirty in the morning. Before I finally finish watching this show, I'm like, "What in the like?" I'm that makes me a little bit nervous about going to WrestleMania in New Orleans. I'm not gonna lie; I don't know that I want to sit in the Silver Dome for the. So I just pulled the Hulk Hogan. Uh, <laughs> Silver Dome. Uh, the Superdome for seven and a half hours. I know, I know what you mean. Yeah, I was even at home. I was beginning to lose interest a little bit. Like, it just it was good, but it's just like even when wrestling's good, I don't know if I need that much of it. You no. know what I mean? Why why do we need seven hours? Yeah, that was just a little a little much in my opinion. But I mean, overall, I thought it was a good show. Don't get me wrong, but I just didn't think I needed seven hours of it. I would have been fine with four, you know, maybe five at the most. But that was that was a long card, my man. So one of the things that I've heard uh, thrown around is maybe going to a, a two-day WrestleMania, doing uh-huh. like doing okay. like a Saturday Sunday. Sure, I could see that moving, but yeah, moving no, everything, a... moving moving Hall of Fame to Thursday, going Thursday, uh-huh. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. That's a lo- that's a lot of time in one city, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what I don't know what the what the right move is, but yeah, I. I I don't know. And you, you want to give everybody their due because I mean, when you have two brands now, you know, like they, they they do. It's I get it, but it's man, that got to be a long show. What What was your favorite uh, favorite WrestleMania moment this year? Uh, you know, I'm a I'm a Mark for Cena. You know that obviously. Um, so that, that that was a cool moment. Um, I thought the the Hardy Boys coming back was pretty was pretty cool. You know, I like to you know fancy myself as someone who kind of knows what's going to happen, but that was obvious completely taken back by that. I don't know if I just missed that rumor or that that was going to happen, but that was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, Shane and, uh, I thought Shane put on a good match. You know, he, he you know, he, he, he hit all his normal spots when, uh, but no, yeah, overall, I thought it was a pretty solid show. I'm so excited that the rest of the world, um, is finally getting to see how great AJ Styles is. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was another big one for me. That was a lot of fun. Cause AJ, He's, AJ spent, you know, 10 years working in TNA and having great matches and doing a lot of great stuff. And before AJ, AJ decided to leave TNA and at that point, so this would have been four years ago, WWE Mm -hmm. didn't even make him an offer. 
Peace. They had no interest in him, and he went to Japan and established himself as a main event player in Japan, having fantastic matches, um, and then they bring him in. The, the the thing that I wish that they they would and they've they've started to do this better as, as you've seen with the debut of Shinsuke Nakamura and and a few other people is if you make these people that are not you necessarily like your homegrown talent if you make them seem important people will care about them right. It's it's when you go, oh hey, we signed this guy. He's not one of ours, so like we're gonna bring him in, but we're gonna beat him a bunch first. And like, yeah. you know, he's not really that important, you know. But mm-hmm. they made AJ important from the day he stepped in, uh, and came out in in the Royal Rumble, and you know, made him a main event player. Yeah, and and I, has, I think he's fantastic. I can't believe I missed him for you know so long of his career. I was like, where the hell did this guy come from? He's incredible. And. You know, I was in San Antonio live for that match that he and Cena had, which is uh, an absolutely fantastic match. If you don't think that um, WWE can have great matches anymore, I mean, all you have to do is watch that. And, you know, mm-hmm. Cena is not what he used to be, but Cena can still be, you know, there for a guy like AJ Styles to have a great match. So I was I was excited that AJ got got that spot. Uh, to be with Shane, didn't think that it. I, I thought it was a way better match than I thought it would be. Um, yeah, course, I was kind of wondering that too because you know, obviously we know what AJ can do, but what can what what, what was Shane really going to bring to the table at this point? You know, but he, uh, you know, you, you got to give him credit. He's always always taking the hits, always you know taking bumps, always going for big spots. And yeah, I thought it was, I, I enjoyed him. I, I'm always I've always liked Shane. I just find him just so funny and like going back to the old Mean Street Posse days and everything like that. You know. 100%. So I was, uh, yeah, <laughs> and he, you know me, I love myself a good Pete Gas reference anytime I can, anytime I can squeak one in. <laughs> that, uh, that brings us to, uh, the end of the show and Roman Reigns, um, basically puts down the undertaker. So we're, it right. seems like we're done with the undertaker. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it sucks that it happened to a guy like, you know, Reigns, but, you know, Taker's an old school guy, so he was always going to go out giving someone a clean job. You know, this was, in fact, his last match. Uh, kind of sad, for sure, but, um, I mean, God, you think with the longevity of a guy like Taker, it's just truly, truly remarkable. I'm like, yeah, the last few years, it's not like he's wrestling a hectic schedule, really. You know, he pretty much just wrestles the WrestleMania, but for a guy like to last that long and, the biggest thing with me with Taker, too, is that have you ever heard anyone say a bad thing about Undertaker, you know, like behind the scenes? Nope. It seems like he's like universally adored, especially in a business where, you know, guys are can be sleazy. Guys are, you know, always talking trash about each other. Never heard anyone ever say anything bad about the Undertaker. No, and, and Taker's a guy that has, you know, he he took the mantle of leadership in that company uh, very seriously. I mean, Undertaker has been in the WWF, WWE since like nineteen ninety, is ninety one or ninety two? Because he de- debuted yeah. at Survivor Series. So I mean, you know, forever. So I mean, he, just the fact that he has stayed relevant in that company mm-hmm. for that long a time. I mean, that just you know gives him. A, you have to give that a certain amount of respect just on its own, but then the guy that he is and and uh, the leader that he is in that locker room, um, you know that 
you just don't hear anybody say say bad things about him and it's interesting to to see you know he's not really in there uh that much anymore but everyone you know still look to him for for guidance and, and that sort of stuff and and so it, it's it's tough to see that you know that's that's probably the end of the line for him um it seems like probably for the best considering he's not moving around uh very well definitely he's probably going to need um hip replacement surgery he had a had a hip surgery uh prior to the royal rumble that was supposed to alleviate some pain um but if you watch the royal rumble he was not walking around um very smooth moving very well so no, probably yeah, he was not uh yeah, I was going to say, you know, the last few, you know, he's kind of been hanging on barely, but yeah, you can, you can just, there's lots of way he moves and, you know, he's like, God, you just don't think there's any matches left in that body anymore, unfortunately, because uh, it sucks, but father time remains uh, undefeated in all of sports and just looks like it's his time. But yeah, what a, you can't, you really can't say enough of him. I was never a huge taker guy growing up, um, but, you know, especially now, like I just, you, you can't help but just, you know, be impressed and be, be in awe of everything he's able to do and, like you said, for how long? I mean, geez, he's, I don't know the WWF without Undertaker. When I started watching wrestling, he was a wrestler. And I'm, you know, 31 now. And he, the fact that it's still going on, and you think about all the other guys that have come and left that have had careers that started after Undertaker's and ended before his, you know what I mean? Just crazy to think about just that longevity. It's just amazing. And, of course, that leads into one of the craziest shows of the year, which is the Raw after uh, WrestleMania, which – I I think I want to go to that more than I actually want to go to WrestleMania. Um, sure, because I've 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 done the Mania thing, but I haven't been to a Raw after WrestleMania. Uh, so that is right. definitely. Do, do they still do it in the same city? Yeah, the plan is the plan is that it'll be um, it, for for next year. It'll be Hall of Fame on Friday, NXT on Saturday, WrestleMania on Sunday, Raw on Monday, SmackDown on Tuesday, all in New Orleans. Oh my God. Jesus, that's a week right there. <laughs> yeah. In fact, um it's it's a thing that they're doing for the for the big shows now where they mm-hmm. are basically just setting up shop for three or four days. Um for Survivor sure. series this year, and that's gonna be in Houston. Um they're gonna do an NXT on Saturday, Survivor Series on Sunday, Raw on Monday, and SmackDown on Tuesday, all at the Toyota Center. Um so if any of you are wondering where I will be uh, the weekend before <laughs> Thanksgiving, you can find me at the Toyota Center. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. But uh, yeah, that's that's just kind of the the way that they're they're doing things now. Um, it New Orleans is going to be crazy because you know I don't I don't know that it'll be as crazy as Orlando was. There was around a hundred different events uh, related to wrestling, not just WWF, Damn. but just wrestling in general. Uh, sure. in the Orlando area that weekend. Um, the the Friday before WrestleMania, I think there were 12 uh, shows at various locations. You had uh, a company called Evolve, uh, Ring of Honor, uh, Progressive Res- Progress Wrestling, which is uh, in the UK. All of these different companies bringing all of this great talent, having just some amazing matches. Um, That's cool. So there's going to be... If if you need a wrestling fix, um, New Orleans <laughs> is definitely going to be the place to be. Now, one thing I will say, Ring of Honor is coming to Hopkins. Um, oh, are they really? I think I have to look and see. Is it this month or is it next month? But um, I should check that out. I was going to say, 
if you want to if you want to introduce heather to um a little a, di- a little different flavor of wrestling um this might be oh and the oh dude you have to go to this the young bucks will be there you need to go to oh, this nice. show it is uh april 29th it's called the masters of the craft uh in hopkins okay. minnesota um at the eisenhower center uh doors open at five thirty with a seven o'clock bell time nice and it's uh the addiction which is uh, Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian and Dalton Castle versus the Young Bucks and Hangman Adam Page. Um, these guys can put on the show. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is a main event that you definitely want to see. Um, what else we got here? Jay Lethal versus the Beer City Bruiser. Uh, Bully Ray, uh, formerly known as Bubba Ray Dudley, uh, will be oh, really? on the show. Yeah, he's working for Ring nice. of Honor right now uh, against a guy named Silas Young. And uh, the Briscoes versus the Motor City Machine Guns, uh, Alex Shelley and Chris Saban. That's uh, that's like some that good name. stuff right there. You should uh, you should definitely check that out. I'm on it. So good looking out, dude. I I saw that uh, while I was reading my Wrestling Observer the other night, and uh, let's see. It looks like he can get in the door for. Uh, you can get in the sh- you can probably get in the door for like twenty five bucks. I'm guessing. Oh, that ain't bad. So, I can handle Ooh, that. Almost sold out though. Uh, yeah, you can get in. Uh, you can get in the door for twenty five bucks, but there are only, I would say, there's only about twenty seats remaining for that show. I'm gonna so, get, have uh, to get on that. Then. You will definitely want to check that out, and then I'll expect that you come back on the uh, podcast and tell me about how much you enjoyed seeing the the Young Bucks are now. I am not a huge Young Bucks fan. I uh-huh. I enjoy their work. They're not my my wrestling, but they put mm-hmm. on a hell of a show. They do this thing called they're they're a big fan of the super kick, so they have a super okay. kick party that they do. Uh, some interesting right. stuff. So um, yeah, I would definitely recommend checking that out. Cool, good looking out, man. So we uh, we're at ninety minutes here. That's plenty of time for a podcast. People are probably bored by now. If uh, I, I feel like I feel like we solved all the world's problems, we, though, you know, I think we got. I think I think we got it all figured out. That's really what we do here. That's that's what we try to do here at uh, just another white guys podcast is is solve the problems of the world. And what's exactly. impressive is that we've gone almost ninety minutes and and didn't mention um, United Airlines, didn't mention the president of the United States, uh, didn't mention any of the other hot button issues that are going on in the world because other podcasts can handle that. They can tell you yeah, how to yeah, fix yeah. all those they, problems. They, they handle that on just another white guy. We like to uh, you know breakdowns to some of the, in my opinion, more important stuff. That's right. So one last thing before we get out of here, what, what, um, you, fast eight, fast eight is out now. Um, mm-hmm. so now you can move on to other movies for this summer. What, what movies are you most looking forward to? Ooh, God, because the, the two that I'm most looking forward to this year aren't summer movies. They're, they're, uh, December movies. I'm most looking forward to, uh, obviously star Wars. Then of course, uh, my girl, Anna Kendrick, uh, Pitch Perfect three coming out uh, Christmas, so th- those are the two I'm most excited about. I, to be honest with you, I haven't really looked into too much of what's coming out this summer. What are what the, the isn't there like a Thor movie coming out? We have what do we got well Thor. Thor's not until November. We do have a oh, okay. a, a solid slate uh, coming up. We have uh, Wonder Woman comes out. Uh, oh yeah, I want to check that out for sure. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two comes out next month. Um, so that that's May. Um, June is Wonder Woman. 
uh, July, we get a new Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man Homecoming, which is going to be oh, awesome. Oh, yeah. That, that, tra- that trailer did actually look pretty cool. Oh, just lost my whole microphone. Um, <laughs> such a professional setup I have here. My whole microphone thing just fell. Um, what else do we got that's uh, coming up? Uh, Thor Ragnarok. No, no, I think it looks kind of good. Is, uh Don't sleep on Don't sleep on Baywatch. I think that could be a fun one. I I never would imagine saying these words. I can't wait to see a Baywatch movie. <laughs> right? I know. Just goes to show the power of the rock. That's right. <laughs> you can, you can take, take Baywatch and make it look extremely cool. <laughs> and, I mean, if you saw Zach Efron's abs in there, I don't know how you would not want to see that movie. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a good-looking man. There's no question about that. <sighs> so much so much talent in these movies. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, so um, yeah, so big summer slate of movies. Um, I would, uh, and we're also getting a Justice League movie uh, that'll oh, come yeah. out. Uh, Thor Ragnarok, and of course, I forgot the Pitch Perfect three was coming out at Christmas. I have, I think, oh, yeah. I think there's going to be a great movie that I want to see every month for the rest of the year. So, which, so is a, which is an amazing thing. It's a wonderful world that we live in, sir. Indeed, sir. Well, hey, it's a pleasure as always. Absolutely. We got through this one without any alcohol. So pat, that? pat, on, that? pat on the back to us. Um, you'll have to come back. We'll do another cocktail hour where people cannot understand most of what we're saying. Um, yeah. and as, opposed, <laughs> as opposed to this one where most people don't care what we're saying. Right. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Anything, any, it, anything you want to plug? Any, anything you want to get out there for all the, the wonderful listeners? Um. Yeah. Don't ever put ketchup on uh, grilled cheese, or you're a monster. <laughs> All right, everybody. That's Dana Wessel. You can follow him on Twitter, and also be sure you know if you're. I know I have some Minnesota people listening to this show. You have your daily shows that you listen to. Maybe you give Go ninety six three a shot. They play great tunes. Yeah. It's a fun show. You should definitely check it out. I stream it from time to time, and I live in freaking Texas. So it, how can you yeah. not? So what's, what's your excuse, Minnesota people? Yeah, exactly. Turn that dial a little bit over. Give it a shot. It's 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 the uh, it's the Dana and Ben and Giselle show, and it's. I know I got those in the wrong order, but it was close. That's fine. Doesn't matter. Hey, anytime you want to give me top billing, I'm fine with that. All right. Thank you very much for joining the program. We'll do it again another time. Uh, As always, I'm Dustin Jones. This is Just Another White Guys Podcast, and it's very important. This is going to be clutch for for coming up on Wednesday. Always protect that five-hole. We'll see you. It's just me against the world.